A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign? I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. And I'm the bright neon lights of this podcast. Oh. Shine bright like a diamond. That just, I don't know why that, actually I do know exactly why that made me think of. Um, I did my Spotify wrapped oh, uh-huh. uh, 2020 of this year. Um, shocking, no one top artist was the Eagles, didn't even try. <laughs> you were, you scored You scored in their percent, their percent brackets. <laughs> percent of eagles listeners that's like which good look i gotta say people must not be listening then because i was i don't think i listened that much but also i could be a thousand percent wrong but it did sorry i tried to pull up mine <laughs> and i guess that was mine that's what i was like but it what? does like a, oh, i didn't know it music? It. i thought it was just gonna give me the no they do a whole like video production thing and they take you back through these things and my most played song was not an eagle song my most played song was fast as you by dwight yoakum and oh, it said cool. but they like 
took me through it and they were like the first day you played it was february 2nd and then you played it 10 times on february 14th or something like that and i was like this is so creepy yeah that's a lot of detail that's too much like, detail oh you're you're right i was like i do remember listening to that on repeat post bachelorette party it was like my i was like in that moment i was like there isn't a better song than fast as you dwight yoakam um and i st- i stand by it they're like not cool wait who's so that was your number one song that you listened to song. So, it gives you, so it gives you this like uh video story it looks Indiana. exactly like an instagram story yeah but it oh, also looks yeah. to me it reminds me of like um those facebook anniversary videos yeah. too where it's like you saw thing this whatever but so this is to me the most embarrassing um is that it tells me my top genres my top genres number one mellow gold didn't know that was a- <laughs> what is what is mellow gold is that sounds like well, the 50s to me it's not it's like when you see the re- i would say i would say it's uh like a a specific brand not quite yacht rock but it's like yacht rock is oh okay this is like 70s i have a word for um, this well i don't have a word i ripped this from the internet radio show time crisis but another word term yeah. for old wisdom sure that's i like that much better than mellow gold because <laughs> it's like steely dance it's a little like, it's a little country it it's a little like country mm-hmm. yes well, it it also reminds me of the Steely Dan song, Hey 19, where they sing the Cuervo Gold. Um, <laughs> top song, Fast As You, Dwight Yoakam. Number two, Jealous Guy, Donny Hathaway. Number three, Dirty Work, Steely Dan. Such a good oh, song. Yeah. Such a good song. I mean, that's, that's old what, wisdom. But that's what I mean, where I'm like, you just may, I just find, I, I feel like Spotify has gotten better at the like radio station based on a song, but they also don't really branch out. And this is the same problem I had with Pandora too back in the wow, day. Wow, rest in peace. Well, it's, not rest in peace. I think restaurants and other places use it, use it quite a bit. We still used it at my old job. Um, Pandora. And that reminds me of working at Jimmy John's <laughs> Sandwiches. Pandora's <laughs> 90s station. Let's go. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> actually why i quit my last job is because they used pandora i remember um, you you hated that what was the pandora station there it was like salon chill or something where it's just... oh, it was. i mean that would be like the description of it but it's like it was um several odessa odessa mm-hmm. <laughs> so those are the top those are the top songs they give you your top ones. They also give you like a little quiz that you can do to be like, guess which one of these was your top artist or whatever. Oh, obviously. dude. Oh, top, yeah. It's it's pretty fun. It is fun. I like it. Top artists, Eagles, Donny Hathaway, Dua Lipa made it in there. Nice. I was just listening to Dua Lipa today. I love Dua Lipa. I'm sorry I said Lipa. I always go back <laughs> to Number four, Patsy Klein. Number five, Taylor Swift, because that album came out and I listened to the fuck out of it. Whoa. This is like, this is soul bearing right now. Like, this feels very intimate. I'm like embarrassed of them. Tell me. I I also have a janky one from Apple Music. You should see the production value of this is is piss. It's just like, (laughs) this is just not, this is, there's nothing. Spotify is giving you a laser light show while this is like, I can't even get it through the app. I have to go to a w- redirected website link to get like <laughs> your top 
nine like grid. <laughs> it's so bad. It doesn't even give me. I don't know. We'll talk about it, Lisa. What do you? What are you packing from the Spotify universe? You did? Did you just check this just now too? I did. Yeah. So you haven't I seen this before. Kind of in the way of Instagram stories. Oh. Um, but it appears that I am in the top point five percent of Kim Petras listeners. <laughs> Wow. Hell yeah, bitch. Hell yeah. And she was also my song of the year. What song? Heart to Break. So good. And then number two, well, I don't know. Actually, Casey Lai turned me on to this at the beginning of the pandemic. John Grant um, was also in my top artists and top songs. Um, I don't know John Grant. Um, He is... Great. I would recommend. I also think it's very like 2013. So I don't oh, know if I love, people are still that in that nice. Lumineers <laughs> phase or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not as folky, I guess. But um, kind of a singer song. He, he does have like some songs um, with kind of, there's like a song called Mars and like a few uh, Outer Space, I think is one too, where it, they feel like a little bit astro-y. The one that's like in my top five is the one I think that's like the more upbeat, like up tempo kind of dancey one. Oh. Um, but all, all the songs are really good. Um, or like I don't know, I'm not that deep into the. Please don't message me about John Grant. I'm not like I don't know that much. <laughs> you don't about run it. his fan club. <laughs> Casey turned me on to it, and I like listened to the album a couple of times. I'm not like a <laughs> expert. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, genres, pop, rock, soft rock, rap, and indie folk. Wow, okay. Top Decade 2000s, and my top song from this time was Living It Up by Ja Rule. Oh Ooh. my god, throwback queen. <laughs> That's a good one. Wow, you're listening to some fun music, I must say. Not well, that Julia, Julia's, yours is very chill and folky. You're, That's why mine... Mine is like what I put on when I don't have time to like think about it, but I'm like, I need something that's going to like keep me in the mood. That's not going to be too. You don't have to turn it. You don't have to change through it very often. Yes. And I feel like this is one that I trust not to go off the rails. And Mm -hmm. I feel like Spotify still has not quite mastered. Like, I wish there was like a way you could select and it would be like, I want a radio based on this song, but I want, I don't want like classic rock. I want other songs that pick like these kinds of things that are similar. Okay. Well, welcome to Apple music because that is why I do like my Apple music app. I have Stevie Anderson's radio and it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me because they'll play. This is how it always goes. Two songs I fucking know and love. And then three new songs by like, oh, you hit that genre without being, like, a copycat? Like, you're leading me down. Apple Music, I heard, and I think the same as Tidal, I think they do invest a little bit more in the music curation or, like, people that, like, are curating a lot more. And also their radio shows are really good. Um, Mike D, am I saying the right name? Sorry. (laughs) Weed. Uh, Mike D from the Beastie Boys has a radio show that's really good that's just, like, all, like, bangers and, like, getting hyped and just like dance like it's just remix shit and it's just really fun um and then time crisis big big fan Um, big fan there but um yeah i mean i just started with that free three-month trial back in the day and just never quit it and i just was like i have too many playlists now so it's just i'm far gone but same thing with like for me i'll put on apple music for like a lot of playlists and i'll push shuffle so i feel like i don't have like a very i feel like my artist breakdown is like 
wait, this is just what I put on when I don't know for a lot of time. Yeah, and that's kind of mine too. Yes, exactly. And I then you, t- I go to YouTube a lot. That I love, I love YouTube mixes. I'm listening to like house music remixes, or I'll do like the the suggested play thingy bingy. But my number one artist was uh, Trevor Hall. My number two. <laughs> Uh, I'm just kidding. My number one song, though, I I did listen to the song 30 times, the song Fire by Waxahachie. And I was like, I did. That song came out probably like, I don't know, April or May or something. And that was when I was walking a lot. And I was just on on repeat that song. And then In a Good Way by Faye Webster, just another good pretty song. And then this is for Lisa, number three, Sweet Spot by Kim Petras, because that song is a fucking banger. But then everything is my yoga playlist. It's kind of like not correct. I don't know. Well, mine is all, obviously, I can tell in order. It's Kim Petras, Dua Lipa, Britney Spears, Carly Rae, and John Grant. And it's like... Pop queen. Clearly, Mm. this is a work like driving to work playlist mm-hmm. to like get in the mood to bartend playlist yeah you gotta get up you can't and listen like, to you can't listen to chill on the way to bar right no. and then i also listen so i do think mine is a little skewed because i also listen um via and now it's gonna go off but amazon's alexa I use in the house, but that's connected uh. to Scott Spotify. So his thing's probably all fucked up too. Oh, and influence then, here. So mine is like the car, I think. That's, most. yeah, this is where we're using this app the most. That's the same. I feel like I'm using my Apple music for my radio shows, my own radio like thing. I like their suggested playlists a lot. And like, uh, cause my number one's Krongbit. And Krongbit is like truly instrumental music to work. like it's so good but it's like it's not the number one band come on Mm -hmm. like i mean i like them so 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 and maybe they are hey maybe i'm undercrediting right now because i do i do turn to them whenever it's time to do yoga or do work but also we listen to records in this house too which is like that's another part of the that's not accounted into my music journey yeah it's not yeah well and that's same and also my music journey is disgusting via apple music so i'm not even on this music journey like they need to i can't believe year after year people share their screenshots of their spotify recounts and apple sits there idle doesn't update like doesn't come (laughs) back nothing like y'all i think this stuff is really hard to launch like i uh, it looks like it looks so fancy the spotify one originally was a website uh, and it was really difficult. And then, like, mine, um, also, one thing I've heard a lot, and I know mine definitely was, there's, like, some where it's, like, um, hit rewind, uh, and it'll, like, take you back to 2007, like, your most top-listened songs or uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of mine, like, it's clear that my account was hacked, where I'm like, <laughs> I've never heard this song it wasn't my top song of 2007. That's somebody so like hacked my account and got their Spotify listens up, which good for them. But like, whoa, there's no possible way. I've never heard that. Like you think if it was my top song, like 10 years ago, I would recognize it at least. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unless maybe I'm losing my mind, which could either way. could be. <laughs> true. 
but we had good numbers too. Like, like why not? Like y'all, we appreciate you sharing that we're your number one pot. Like so many, so many minutes and hours I know, and, and so countries. Sweet. We're up eighty seven percent listeners in Canada. Hello, Canada. Thank Shout you, out, Canada. Oh. Shout out to oh, Canada. Canada. <laughs> Didn't see you there, um, but no, thank. I mean, thank you guys. I think again, Apple Podcasts. Where are you at? Get these get these clout stats out and about. Maybe. Get the graphics, but also, but then they would have to. I think they need to do something better and thing. cooler. But also, we know we know that Apple is very tight with their analytics. They're tight. With, that's my review here. That, if, and if that's why if you've been on the fence, I will say if you're looking for really good playlists, really good radio stations, and really good not podcasts but weird internet radio shows, uh, it is what it is. Check out Apple Music. But they're not going to well, tell you well, how they know how many streams that they know you've listened to and well, stuff. No, they're, they're not giving me the, Yeah, they're not giving me this no, haunting information. I think they, this is something that my boyfriend said, and I'm repeating it as per usual. Cool. But I think they really are concerned about security. And, like, that's why I do trust. I think I've said this on a recent We episode. talked about Apple not long. I feel yeah, like Apple's that, been coming like, up. I trust that they have my uh, emergency contact information and stuff. What if we jump up in the Apple Podcast charts after all of this? After good. all. <laughs> good, good. We check, we check next week and we're like, number. we've ousted Joe Rogan on the charts. I, so <laughs> so according, to, according to Spotify, and I think this is a cool brag because I don't think y'all realize how many religion podcasts there really are. But we were like 174 in the top 200 for religion and spirituality. That's that cool. Is cool. That's There's, really cool. There are a lot. I heard it. And oh, the fucking car alarm. Oh. I might re-say well. it's done. I'm going to just re-say it. Just, I don't know. Um, but we're 174 out of all 200 religion and spirituality podcasts. There's like 90 Joel Olstein podcasts alone. So that's pretty fucking good. And the religion that's podcast cool. numbers are crazy high. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot. There's a lot. Like spirituality oh, yeah. is such a small widget in that huge group of like I feel like it's 95% religion. Religion. Well, I mean religion is like Maybe there's more mysticism. Religion is a huge Ponzi scheme, right? I mean, not really. I'm not trying to like shit on. I'm saying it as a comedian, joking. I'm not trying to like shit on anyone. Oh, this is also. Oh, I know we're in the spirituality section, but it also is a comedy podcast. Right, right, of course. And like, you know, I'm saying this as a comedian that's joking, but like, it is right. We're all like, you know, you get one, and then wouldn't you want to convert three more or whatever? So like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of people that are into it there's a lot that's cool if you're one of them i don't judge you i just you know dude i was i was just watching like 90 day fiance as i do and just even like the hall like the world's religious i was just like i forgot like everywhere loves religion (laughs) it's like it's popping worldwide yeah and like it brings comfort to a lot of people and 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 i mean it's where that's why we're akin right like spirituality and religion are in the same fucking section because this is how this is how we pray <laughs> it is though like it is it is i know this is this is just being vulnerable but it's how we I yeah it's just a different thing before but love is my religion <laughs> yes that's like dove chocolate status i like it 
I love Dove Chocolate. I love Dove Chocolate. Dove Ziggy Marley song. Also, so someone commented on one of our posts to talk about snacks more. So I think that this is a good opportunity to talk that I love Dove Chocolates, but to I can't eat those. I'll eat the whole bag. The bag is done in a day. It's not happening. They're not lasting very long. I will unfoil those fuckers. Like I'm shelling peanuts at a baseball game. I'm just going, going, gone. But I've switched to these things you might see in the checkout sometimes called bark thins. Oh, I love I a bark thin. A bark thin. Woo! I'll eat that whole bag. I'll eat that whole bag too. But you know what the secret is? And this, you know, do you whatever. This, it, they give you less. So it's like, all right, I know how much bark thins. I know what this transaction is. Um, I love the mint. Cho- I'm a mint chocolate girl. You know, everyone, if, if you're a fan of the pod, you know that a mint chocolate girl. Bark thins are good. I get the dark chocolate almond bark bark thin. I can't believe you guys have bark thins. This is so exciting. Before my period, every time it's oh. my like it's my treat that I'm like I'm gonna let myself get the bark thins because they're so good. I wow. have a new a new snack in my life, and ah! I'm so excited That's... to report. I'm sure no one's heard of it because I got it... it at a Black Friday deal. But I think they have them in the bulk section at Sprouts. I could be wrong because mm-hmm. I did Google it. Um, they are peanut M&M's with hatch green chili. Oh. They are out of control. Peanut oh M&M's hatch green chili? That yeah, sounds like, so good. I don't know what, like, I guess it's like chili powder or, you know, you know that like chocolate mm-hmm. chili that yes. you get chocolate mm-hmm. bar they oh, make yeah. that out of the they make the M&M's out of that that I was gonna say that so is it chocolate M&M bar? brand no they're okay, like it's like a, in the style gems of or whatever yeah ooh but that sounds so good because that chili chocolate bar is one of my favorite things it's yeah. just like so I love that so like, head on over to Sprouts because that's the only place I saw them online. Okay, I love Sprouts. Sprouts is uh, – I never experienced Sprouts when I lived in the Midwest, but coming to the West Coast, love Sprouts. And maybe this, maybe Sprouts is other places too, but they are the only ones that carry Home Run and Pizza, a brand of Chicago. I think it's like a, maybe somewhere in the suburbs that was like sit, – that's a sit-down restaurant chain that does their own frozen pizza. Frozen pizzas have mm. a butter crust. They're, they're, it's just very good. Are they thin crust or deep dish Chicago? Thin thin crust, uh, deep dish. That's just for tourists, baby. That's just when that's when companies in town. A- any other day, it's going to be a thin. But it's it's like tab. They call it tavern style in Chicago. It's like the form of thin crust there that's originated. It's like cut into ideally you yeah, cut it into squares, thing. all that. Yeah. Um, I still need to get deep dish from out here because I think a Gino's yeast or something. Opened oh, up, but that's go masa. I've had masa. Masa, masa is good, and I know about the sticks. And they have good, good for like bread, just like snacking oh, bread as well. Their bread oh, is the, so the, good. Hello, masa. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, hello. Also, hatch chili report. Trader Joe's hatch chili mac and cheese. So really. good. So well, I you mean, know, I'm from classic. nearby to Hatch, New Mexico. So like mm. for me, all this like. I'm, we're used to having it like fro- in the frozen aisle and like, you know, just any, you could use it anywhere, but not really, um, we, we don't have it in like those dishes, like in American dishes, I guess. Mm. So like that hatch chili mac and cheese, the first time I had it, I was like, this somehow is like home and brand new at the same well, time. Well, hey, hatch, hatch rocks. And also I love Tex-Mex. You don't get like, I feel like Tex-Mex or hatch chilies are like new. I feel like New Mexico cuisine Southwest oh, yeah. is just, it's just a specific 
thing and until you've tried it once or twice there it's like i don't know i feel like it's hard to find out of the region a lot of the time i feel like like you gotta get it there first stop after the pandemic is like a because where I'm from, like, we can go to New Mexico, Arizona, and yes. Texas away. I would love that. So yes. cool. And you guys, you could see where we can. I'll take you to Billy the Kid's grave. I'll take you wherever you want to go. Whoa. Okay. You know I want to go there. <laughs> can we eat Barkson's on Stop. Billy the King's grave? <laughs> Barkson's. It'll at be a sh- post-pandemic world. Okay, we have to add. And Let's add. Oh, my God. Uh... <laughs> I'm kidding. We won't be drinking. We obviously you won't. We uh, will be drinking in a lift. Okay. Also, everybody sound the signer alarm. If you can if y'all can hit up uh Barksons to get a hatch flavor going, we'd really appreciate the work. Uh, That'd be good. And yeah. you know what? We will sponsor it. Like we can put yeah. our name on the bag, you know. Yeah, unpaid internship from us. <laughs> we'll we're just we'll, we'll paint and bark And play it. please pay us in thins. Beat be thins, please. I love it. Well, speaking of sponsorships <laughs> and um, putting our names on things. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, dare I say a- accolades and admiration. We are back. I know you thought we forgot or and you just thought that they hilarious. ended at nine. That's but... hilarious. No, like I think a lot of people think we forgot, <laughs> which is like kind of on brand also for us. Like, oh, shit, we sh- we did forget to do the 10, 11, and 12. Well, we, we didn't. No, we, we just got a bunch forget. of good guests. That was like, that's yeah. what happened. We also like, for these, just so you guys know, the <laughs> ones that you all seem very excited about, we want to make sure that we give you what you're excited about. So oh, we yeah. do have to do extra preparation and like make sure that we have enough time to fulfill a like episode worthy of Oh, dude, that's like a peek behind the curtain. That's like half the text is like, do we have time to go in tonight? Yeah. Like, do we have time to like, sit? not like I got to go to this thing. I got to head out. It's like, no, we're making time for that 10th house. We had a, we weren't worthy of 10th house time until right now. Right now. But so, now the time has come. The house is 10th. Dude, we're here. I read a really so I cracked open a uh, a book because I was like, damn, we haven't talked about the houses like yeah in, in a hot minute. So I cracked open uh, Stephen Forrest, The Inner Sky, which I've been like, I've been like slow reading. Like I, that's why I love Astro books. You can kind of pop in and pop out where you want. So great for people that love to skim. But I was looking at his little write up of the tenth house, and this like blew my mind. So I was like, oh shit, I have to like tell i have to say this on the pod but as you know spoiler we'll talk about all the things that it symbolized which is like public image and this and let's see like things that you might know but also he would uh he wrote symbolically the midheaven which we'll talk about represents uh that which most is obvious about us how we look from a social distance Whoa. And I was like, Ooh, and you're like social. And I was like, what? Like you've used the term because to me, this year was the first time I ever heard the terms like social distance. Like, yeah. I don't know. We just never say Same. that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't there's never been a time like I know what it means, but like, I don't know. It just wasn't part of my vernacular until 2020. Um, but yeah, it's how people look that don't know us social distance like that was part of like the wrap-up of the language and i was just like that's fucking trippy as hell so here you go 
<laughs> Stephen Forrest. I love that. Blowing right. my fucking mind uh, yet again. Well, I love that because I think it is. I mean, obviously, that's the, that term takes a new connotation during the pandemic when we are constantly talking about social distancing and that. But I think that that is like a really easy, like, not easy, but I like that as like a umbrella term for a lot of the things in the 10th house because it is, you know, it's it is the public. It's the highest part of our chart. It's the most public. And that is, you know, you wouldn't invite everybody into your house. You wouldn't go on a date with everybody. You don't sit face to face. You know, when we talk about, you know, the 10th house is an angular house. It is the, uh, uh, the vertical kind of center point of our chart. It's the highest point. Um, sometimes I was listening to the re-listening to the astrology podcast episode on this, um, about the mid heaven in like traditional astrology, the mid heaven would be just the cusp of the 10th house. If you, depending on what house system you're using though, you might have the mid heaven in, in other houses, but I think it largely is synon. Largely we, we conflate the two and we say, you know, 10th house, we, we say mid heaven and we mean that too. But, um, you know, it's in opposition to our fourth house, the most private part of our, of our chart. And so this is like, what do people know about you that don't know you that well? Mm-hmm. So if someone is only seeing you from a distance, what is the mo- thing that they're most likely to recognize about you? And realistically, that's the first house and the 10th house because they're like at the the front of our chart. And I think it's like the first house kind of uh, we're we are the first house is us. So it's like implicit in the 10th house. But it is like, you know, typically one of the associations would be career or, or status of some sort, but that is like, oh, if I didn't ask any questions, I could go to your social profile and see what does it say, like in your bio, what does it say? I think like without having to converse with people or do anything, like what can I gather about you? Well, I wonder too, though, because when you're saying it's like the first and 10th, I'm down just thinking of the angles, which I feel like we've been talking a lot about just in this house's context and in general is like this, I don't know, like it's important to think of them as like the ascendant, the descendant, the MC, the IC. Cause I still think like it is really you like that first house self is you. And then that 10th house is what you're putting in, you know, like what Stephen Forrest also kind of went on to say, cause I think work can get prescribed in it a lot, but he also said like a Republican, a podcaster, mm-hmm. a, a like a noun that gives you that image of whoever you think we're talking about, but also you kind of, I guess it depends on how much you lean into your 10,000, how much like, I know that can be a tough thing for people that ownership of their titles and their ownership of like who we, who they declare to be or who the public might then prescribe on you to be. And then the seventh house with your partners, like really being you in your fourth house, being that you that takes your like your cozy self. So it's, it's interesting to think of all these yous that we have to be right. Like we're not just one well, you. Yeah. I didn't mean to say that they're not that the fourth or the seventh aren't also you. Cause I think you are, there's ways of interpreting each of the houses where it is. You, you are all of the houses and you also are none well, of the, like I didn't even all of the things, but, but before you said that, I didn't even think of 10th house as you, I always just thought of it strictly as like an outsider perspective. Do you know what I mean? Like where it's mm-hmm. like, um, you can't, help what's being cast upon you but now I'm like I don't know I feel like I'm like oh there's a little more involvement I think yeah. than oh just for sure prescription I, so. I guess I think I like there are a few 
phrasings that I liked. Um, I liked astrology.com talked about it being the place we have attained in our social group. Mm. Um, I love that because it's like, I, I think of those like career tropes and stuff a lot, but also just, you know, there are certain people in your social group that you know you can go to if you're crying or if you're having like good news or, you know what mm, I mean? Like there's uh-huh. certain people. So I like the thought of that. Also astrology dash Zodiac dash signs talks about it being um, the place where all of our ambitions go. And I love that mm-hmm. because it's like huh. even thinking of social media or something, which I think is very kind of it. I think Paul's probably a little bit into the 11th too, but mm-hmm. just the idea of the way you're perceived publicly and by large groups of people, I think social media kind of falls into the 10th. And of course, like it's been said a hundred million times that everyone posts them at their best on social media. You know, there's like the hashtag no makeup for a reason because (laughs) people are saying like, oh, well, everyone's always posting like, you know, great pictures of themselves or, or their achievements and not like, you know, I got into a fight with my significant other. Uh Um, So I think that the idea of it being a place where all of our ambitions go, I love that. Like the idea of you posting on your Instagram all the positive things in your life because like you want to bring more of that into your life mm-hmm. instead of like I think it gets thought of in this like braggadocious or comparing to others way which is like what we try not to do here and I think the idea of like sharing it because you want it's like your ambition and you want to bring more luck and, and yeah and happiness well, in I love that there's okay so this is from Robert Hand's horoscope symbols um and I mean, I highlighted so much stuff in the 10th house because I also, on my birthday and prior to that, because I knew we were going to be doing this, but also thinking about some of the other stuff that we're working on, I've been thinking about the IC-MC axis a lot and MC specifically because I have such a bottom-heavy chart. Um, yeah, she like does. Is a little, hell yeah, she's a, <laughs> she's a Libra rising. She got a fat ass. You know? um, <laughs> I have been thinking a lot about what that kind of like outward energy looks like and I like that about kind of reframing how we judge people who put their best foot forward Mm. on on social media with this in mind because he says um like okay again and when we're talking about houses 7 through 12 it's really hard to talk about them without referring to their opposite Mm -hmm. house because it really these are the relational these are the outward ones that are going kind of in we only have a context for them because they are the opposite of the the first half you know Mm -hmm. um but so like where the fourth you know is our our most internal our most personal uh this the tenth on the other hand symbolizes the individual going out into the world those persons who guide the individual in doing so and those aspects of the mind that most deal with the external world in order for one to develop from infant into an adult who plays a role in the social universe there have to be energies that draw the individual out of the womb and the childhood home bringing an increasing interaction in the outer world these are 10th house energies and it's like what would you don't like why would you put out the worst parts of you at the top? Because that's for people, that's for fucking strangers to see. Of course you don't want well, that. Like, why I was like, I always out? say. Why would you go out into the world too if it also is just supposed to be this like awful, mean, terrible place? Like we have mm-hmm. to not, I don't want to say trick people, but it's also <laughs> like if we aren't putting those things out first, then there's no, 
incentive to like get to know these other fourth house, seventh house, eighth, dare I say eighth house and <laughs> like 12th house kinds of things, sixth house. Like well, you don't want to get those right. Well, unless, down. unless that's what you want people to know. That's the other no, part. Like no. if, I always say it. If Mediums, you, oh, you got to stop telling people you bombed. Mm. But for some reason they want people to know. Well, there's, I think it is that new. You didn't do your job right. Stop telling people. Maybe it's like a cultural, I mean, I think it's such a, like being a sad person online is like a, I was, this is going to be tough to say. Not that it's a choice, but it's a choice. You're, you're, you are doing a persona. Like you are choosing part, like whatever parts you want to share. And I think, I think, I guess defaulting to like positive things makes sense and I know I'm I don't know I'm sounding very like normal <laughs> like saying that it's like oh wouldn't you just want to put something that is like f- like you want to return to that doesn't make you feel worse I guess and I guess that's the conversation of if the internet makes you feel worse I think if the internet makes you feel bad please like use as little of it as possible if that's like if that's the choice you want to make I guess like I've and maybe it's my 11th houseness I feel like I've had like a fun relationship with the internet for like since youth and like I don't know I've just like I'll hang out with it and maybe I'll turn away from it. Maybe it'll make me feel sad, but I guess, yeah. Like how can you shame someone from wanting to like, they like their food or I don't know, like just why hate? Yeah. I think well, there is, I'm a hippie at heart too. Like that's like a hippie sure. ass response in my, in my core. That's some old wisdom right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just love man. <laughs> just peace and love. One of the other things I love and I love the, um, the quote, like I, of course, like can't remember it word for word, but the part about bringing forth from the womb. Yeah, that was um, that was imagery. One of the things that the uh, the the dumb bitch's astrology guide <laughs> um, mentions, which I didn't know, um, is that this is the house where you'll find your dominant parent, mm-hmm. um, which I think is so interesting. Obviously, thinking of the fourth as being the more nurturing parent and. The tenth being the dominant. Mine is literally my dad's sun sign, which I found interesting. Also, my, my friend that I was talking to when I found this out, hers also was her dad's um, sun sign as well. I'm not sure that my dad was the dominant parent in my I, house. I was going to ask if 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 he was the dominator or the nur- nourisher, nurturer. Or... It, he definitely wasn't the nurturer. Okay. But he, I don't know if he was the dominant either. And I think that... Also, I think for me, the way it's represented, I think that we had a different relationship than he had with other people in my family. And I think people in families should have, like, everyone should have their own relationship, right? Like, I don't think my brother should have the same relationship with my dad that I have. I think that would be real fucking weird Um, (laughs) if he was, like, you know, standing outside to my brother's prom date or something. You know what I mean? Like, I just, whatever. Like, I think that... um, that would be weird. Yeah. Uh, it would be weird if anyone had, the, like, if I had the same relationship with Stevie that I have with Julia or vice versa, that would also be weird. Yeah, uh, to be, like, cloned relationships or, or something. Or, like, send duplicate texts of, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yes. Like, to anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it's important to to uh, define our relationships outside of it. But thinking of my dad being the kind of dominant parent in a way that I think we had a special bond, a special connection, and, like, I do think that most of my 10th house interests, like my career and like the things that I want to do 
are more interest to my dad than they were ever mm. to my mom until I started doing them, which of course now my mom's like, Oh, I never really was into stand up or, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I think, I think now she will watch it and, and send me stuff and whatever. But I do think that that was kind of a guiding force. And I see being Leo nurturing. I think my mom was a very fierce lioness mother. So I could see it that way. We could also make an argument for the officer. Well, I think it can go both ways. And I think that the thing that's great about all of the houses is that there are, it's, it's never like, you know, there's significations, but it's never one thing. And while I think it can also, it can be like the high end or the low end of a thing too, where it's like, that could be a case for here's these great things that were inspired in me, you know, by, is it by my dominant parent or is it just Aquarius energy or whatever, but it's also like, here are the the setbacks or here are the hangups that it's also caused me or whatever too. Cause I think that it is like, if we're speaking about the dominant parent, I don't know if it's necessarily the dominant parent in, in your household dynamic or like who picked you up more. But I do think if we are talking about it in terms of like, which parent do you see reflected in how you put yourself out in the world? I think there's a case to be made for like that parent perhaps is more, not influential to so to speak but it it is like what we're putting out in the world is is what we were taught is worth putting out or worth pursuing or whatever so even if it's not literally like doing the same thing it is like oh well these things that my dominant parent instilled in me or encouraged me to pursue or the way that they lived their life. I learned that this is what's most important for me to put on display at a social distance. And that might be for a lot of people. I think it's hard again, because with the internet, it's a little bit easier, but for most people, the easiest thing to see from a social distance is your career, is your profession that you do because most people aren't putting on display their, their innermost like passions or intellectual pursuits or things like that. Again, the internet has changed that a little bit, but it is like, I think the kind of job one picks is absolutely influenced by what you were taught was important or what you were good at and what you should try to do or what skills you should develop. Even if it, you know, Robert Hand in this thing talks a lot about the, the fourth house being things that are kind of natural or go without Um, without much effort and if we're thinking about it in a really heteronormative mother father kind of thing it is like well your mom like births you your mom has to love you it's all of that where it's like here's these earned things yeah like I I was thinking of that in a heteronormative way too of like my if, if I don't think my dad literally pulled me out of the womb but like you know I don't think my mom could have but you, I, have, you know, it's you I have my external relationship with your father because he didn't birth you, so you but, have to like find things is, to talk yeah. about or whatever. Like, but in my mind, when you when you said like of dominant, like taking it, degendering it, right from like the fourth, which if you look up the fourth house is going to be mother a lot of the time, and tenth is going to be father or men. You know, fourth house is women and mothers, tenth men. But as soon as you said like the dominant parent, I'm like, oh, well, my mom's my tenth house and my dad is, my dad's totally the fourth house. Cause it's like, when I'm thinking of like, who's the alpha, I'm like, um, my mom's the fucking alpha. My dad's such a beta, like such a beta. And, And but that showed up in their parenting too, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think too, like with my example, 
I do think my mom was dominant in a lot of ways. I think that in a lot of those ways, very Aquarian too. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, breaking gender roles and stuff like, uh, owning a business and like, she like started a like basketball team in her high school or something. You know what I mean? Like those kind of things where it's like, that is also very 10th house from my mom. And totally Leo. I see stuff is to me from my father. If we're talking nurture, it's, I see ego, I see, you know, certain of those things where I'm like, okay, those fit there too, if we flip them. And I think that is also seeing both sides of your parent, which not everyone can do, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I think once again, it's also a thing where it's like, you don't realize that your world isn't the world until you leave your home and you go out in the world. And then you kind of see these things reflected back and then they inform each other and you still go, you know, whatever. Sometimes I think, you know, your fourth house can also be the things that you are kind of like, I don't know. So, so Robert Ham brings up this idea of the 10th house being a kind of like something that you haven't got yet or something that you're aspiring to something that you're working towards. And that makes sense. If we, if we're thinking about it as, you know, 10th house ruler being the natural domicile, that would be Saturn. Um, and then Capricorn by association and this kind of idea of like ascent of climbing, it is the top, the highest point of your chart. But also if you're thinking about it in, in opposition to your fourth house, again, this idea of like, well, you're just born to your home. You're born to your womb. You didn't do any of these things, but going out into the world, you do have to like, that's not your home. So you do have to achieve some things or tell people who you are or say, or like prove Mm -hmm. your, your value, your worth, what you are good at Do show, show off your skills, show what else you have to offer besides just virtue of being part of your family. And I'm not saying that other fan, that there are not incredibly nuanced and difficult family dynamics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, but just thinking of that in, in those terms of like, I think what came up for me a lot is thinking about, you know, the, the fourth house being how you think the world works. And then the 10th house is kind of actually how, Ooh where where you see like oh i thought i needed to be recognized for this thing but i'm actually being recognized for this thing and sometimes it's in your control and sometimes like you were saying stevie kind of like well i i think it to me it felt a little like your rising sign which i think is kind of sometimes out of your control which is it's up to other people to see what they recognize Mm -hmm. in you too but then also in the inner sky another good point i didn't think about was not only just being maybe what's expected and seen, like, right, like, this can give us insight on jobs a lot of the times. We'll look at the mid-heaven. We'll talk about the 10th house. But also what you have to break through to mm. get that shit. Yeah. And I was like, yes. I was like, oh, right. It's not as, as like, a, as easy as, like, well, just do, like, Aries stuff and you'll be good. It's like, no, you're going to have to, like, learn. It's like, it's very cryptic. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's like learn also- Aries lessons. You're like, what the fuck is that? Me, very Aries response, but <laughs> the book actually mentions that, or the same book I'm talking about. I should say its name: The Complete Idiot's Guide to Astrology. <laughs> the one, um, and, the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> it mentions that it's the house where you achieve se- success through your own efforts, Ooh. and I love that because it's like, you know, you know, despite talking about parenthood and the IC and where we come from and all that. 
This is about like who you wanted to become to be, whether it was to impress your family or for whatever reason, or to attain a different partner or to just look cool on social media, like whatever the reason, like this is where your success has, has brought you and like what it has shown you. So I think that that's kind of cool. It also reminded me of, uh, what you were talking about, Stevie, I I used to do a lot of work with a, a, a light worker and an energy worker. Um, and one of the meditations that we had to do, you know, they, they kind of guide you and tell you, you know, like, this is what you're looking to find. This is what you're hoping to see. And, you know, if you don't see it, if, if there's no message for you, like, it's okay. But one of them, it was like an advanced workshop. And, um, she was like, look, you're going to have to do something and it's going to be really hard. And Shit. like, it, it's going to come up in the middle. It, don't quit. Like, it's part of it. You're going to have to like get through this part of the meditation. It's going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, because I, I have a friend that w- I used to go with. And like, for me, mine was all like um, overcoming like self-doubt and self-hatred and like thinking that I can't do this. And like, why am I so stupid that I can't get this right? Why am I so dumb that I can't like do this meditation? Like, like a lot of stuff that was really painful and really hard for me, like hurting myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I like talked to my friend afterwards. I'm not going to obviously share what she said, but hers was way different than mine. And like, I do think that like, this is a good indicator. This axis is a good indicator of that kind of stuff where it's like, you're breaking through that ACDC barrier up into the top, right? Ooh. Where it's like, it's going to be hard because mm-hmm. it's not what you know. It's not where you're comfortable. It's like getting through all of it's that. It's not like, hidden. It's right. very on display. <laughs> Even and, your fuck-ups. <laughs> I think it's like a good reminder. Sometimes things are hard. And sometimes like breaking through those barriers and stuff like you might receive like a really powerful message or like for me at the end of the day, I was like, Oh, I, I didn't get much of a message except that like, I need to stop beating myself up over dumb shit like this. Mm-hmm. And it's, that makes a huge difference in your life. Even if it's a small Oof. bit. Oof. Well, Cause it helps you keep continuing putting yourself out there. Like that's so, okay. This is like spot on to everything that you were just saying. We're like got there. That's also why I just felt like the tenth house. Everything that I read, I was just like, oh my god, it all adds up. Like we've <laughs> we've arrived here too. But it also felt like that going through the houses too, because it's like, oh, we're yeah, this all makes sense. It's added mm-hmm. up to this, and we we can only really understand this house because we've gone through the other nine, and we know where they are in context to each other. But this is the last thing that I will read from uh horoscope symbols robert hand mm-hmm. he says the 10th house can be the key to understanding one's self-transcendence that mm-hmm. is in what direction one must evolve until one is living out the symbolism of one's horoscope at the highest most conscious level Whoa. with all the various energies within the self integrated with each other to the highest possible degree and i friggin love that uh, <laughs> because it's like, well, what are we doing? What are we doing with everything we've learned? The uh-huh. night we've been talking about the 10th house coming in its relationship to the fourth house and the first, the angular house, the other angular houses, but it also comes after the ninth house. And it is like, okay, cool. So you learned, you learned stuff. What are you doing with your fucking degree? And not literally, because I know that's a triggering thing to ask 
<laughs> and you don't be doing anything with what you're what your degree but it's like okay we've it's you know that crescendo up to the peak of the top of the chart which is like all right you've seen that there's a bigger world than what you grew up with and what you know just with like one person now what are you what how does that help you understand your place in the world at large and what are you your role to play and what you are here to do and all of these things and sometimes that means overcoming things that don't come naturally to you or that are difficult or that require you to grow and stretch and and challenge yourself and change your perception of who you are or who and but the only way we can do that is through putting ourselves out there and seeing what comes back to us and then you know evaluating the data and doing it all over again dude this is my last quote too, just because I think it's so on the nose. So shout out to these old men that just are holding it down, <laughs> holding it down. But, um, you know, re- read these books, read these chapters on it, but like the destiny, like f- fulfilling that destiny. But I just, Stephen Forrest is a cap. So I feel like this is all very like, again, Saturnian of just, we must figure out a way to get paid for being ourselves. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, we like if ideally, right. Like, of course, like circumstance life, these things, but like, how cool that there's this little slice of pie that can give us some insight, right? Like of things that might, like, we just got to do it. Like, I know I've talked to people who have 10th house stelliums who are introverted and are like, what the fuck do I do? I'm like, get uncomfortable, (laughs) get ready to get ready to learn. Like there's something that's being called to bring you out. Right. Like, and that's like, that's where we, that's like the woo of astrology. It's like, you could ignore that. You could you could do whatever you want to do. There's free will, but like also like, hmm, raises eyebrows. Like that's like a point of interest to like explore it. Why not try to explore it? Well, I think there's a difference between like public, so to speak, and more like the racket recognize whatever. Yeah, whatever that is, where it's like no, it's not. It's not staying home. It's going. It's like going out, going to the thing that's not. In non-pandemic terms, yeah. by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, not literally. Stay the fuck home. Um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a fourth house. Fourth house we're, in, we're in the fourth house tier right now. <laughs> Everybody stay. I don't care which house it is. Just stay in a house. <laughs> I have I, a prompt. I have two prompts, actually. Yeah. Um, they, they could be answered as one or they could be, I don't know. I just wrote two things. So <laughs> answer what you'd like. But it's related to our 10th house cusp. Or if we have planets there, I do. I think Lisa does too, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Okay. No, I did. Julia, you don't, right? No. I don't. Okay. I okay. just have, but I did. I was alerted to the fact that I do have. Uh, I have a grand square with. Oh. I always forget because I don't turn on the stuff with my uh, North Node, South Node. Uh, Neptune and MC like I mean that's what I'm like sometimes oh, with the it, it's like it's the angles with but, the MC, with the but no I don't have anything oh. okay okay just but just to- I feel like I do I related to a lot of the 10th stuff because my moon is in the fourth and the ruler of my 10th is the moon mm. in the opposite mm-hmm. thing and my moon is in detriment in a Saturn ruled like sign so it's that same of like oh yeah that it feels it feels kind of like the same lessons but in an opposite way mm-hmm. oh and also that's i guess a good place to have a friendly reminder if you have empty houses which sometimes y'all will dm us you are fine and normal like that you still yeah, have te- you still have 10th house issues <laughs> don't well, worry and 
Yeah. And the way that you look about these things, if you don't have a planet there and you're wondering, you know, going forward, how do I access these energies and things? You look to what is the ruler of that sign on the 10th house cusp. So, Mm -hmm. for example, if you have Aries on the 10th house cusp, but you don't have any planets there, then the ruler of that would be Mars. Look to where Mars is in your chart and that will give you another kind of shading of, oh, okay, well, this how I approach that is through Mars energy and Mm -hmm. wherever your Mars is and whatever house that is, that's another like fun. Again, if we're getting super granular about like if we're looking at what kind of careers we might be interested in if you don't have anything there if you have mars in the first house mm-hmm. ruling your 10th house then maybe you're going to be like a physical fitness instructor or something Ooh. that's like a really a really basic or like a like really something something like, active right yeah, like something active something where you're physically maybe you're on your feet like yeah. sitting down might get boring um no but i think that's good advice because i think sometimes I'll talk to people who are like, oh, I don't think much about this house. And I, I get it because, like, you do get – when you, your eyes go to where your planets are a lot of the time, right? Like, you're going to just automatically go to the, the planets and then those occupying houses. And then um, well, you, you probably forget about it. But it's, I think it's hard to forget the 10th house because, like, if you're having transit through there, I mean, that's in a very visible spot. So I think it's mm-hmm. things that might be really well, noticeable too. I I also – I don't know if this is part of your prompt. Oh, yeah, prompt to come. <laughs> I was gifted a trove of astrology books um, from a friend and uh, whose father was an astrologer. Oh, and, cool. Um, and so some good old books. So, but they're, but, and they really bring me back to like my weirdo private school. Cause they're like self, a lot of it is like self published stuff, like pamphlets and stuff. It's, I have pictures I'll send in. I'll post. Yes, please. Um, there's like really cool stuff, but I, there was something and I'd never seen it written like this, but they were talking about, it was just like really brief, succinct sentences about signs on the first house. And it said something about Libra. And the final thing was like, um, most important things are like beauty and ambition. It was like mostly like super ambitious, even though you'd never know it. And I was going to say, I feel like I've never seen that written, but it is so true. And I feel like the only place that I really have like, not like hangups, but I've always felt bad that I don't have anything in the 10th house because I do Mm. feel like I'm super ambitious and it makes me feel like and I think that that's also part of it too where I'm like oh I don't have anything in the 10th these I must not be that ambitious or destined for this thing like that's the place where I feel like I get the most self-fulfilling prophecy kind of like I don't know yeah no I like that check-in of like well it's recognizing that Libra cardinalness I think again people forget like Libra likes to be fair and play nice, but also it's cardinal and it wants to like put like, I think it just needs that reminder to push itself sometimes, but also, yeah, no, I like that's, I think that's sweet. That's like, I like that they hit on something. It's just not basic, right? Like I think there's Mm -hmm. so much basicness that we see in like e-language on signs and shit. And it's like, oh, yay, nuance. (laughs) (laughs) I I also like when you were saying that about like your moon in the fourth, in Capricorn, you know, it's kind of a reminder of a very basic, like, quote that we all know. But, like, as above, so below. Obviously, it do- it's mm. not meant to mean, like, on the midheaven, is, yes. as is on the icy. But it is. Like, you can see reflections and patterns, like, in your natal chart that way as well. Especially with you, Julia, as you have a Libra rising, your stuff's going to be all, like, reflected that the way. Opposite. So, so, you know, like, yes. re- remember, like... 
sometimes when we have soft spots or things that like you'll know from the beginning of this podcast that I have like issues about Scorpio and I have three <laughs> planets in the eighth house, you know? So it's like, let's, let's all like not forget that there is that other side that we're, we're um, sometimes when we have a soft spot, it's because there's a reason why like there's something reflected there on the other side possibly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean the sign, My- the sign you hate is like, usually you. us yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like my, it's just the weird version house, of me my 10th house made heaven is cancer and I'm oh you always cancer. talk about cancer you yeah. always talk about cancer we, we realized this at the beginning that it's the opposite of my moon or whatever too but all of this thing where i'm like oh you mean the thing i have to like work on like that quote said the thing to transcend and become the highest manifestation of my chart in all its entirety is cancer energy uh you're <laughs> cool little on-the-nose astrology, but thank you. Damn, I love right, that. Okay, two fucking prompts. It could be one prompt. Okay, <laughs> here's part one. I feel like this is like the pageant, which is exciting, which is very 10th house too. If you had to be remembered as the sign of your 10th house cusp ruler, do you relate to this sign's attributes? Or, question two, what is the type of job that your MC gets recommended for a lot? Like, you know the ones you see online all the time that are like, if you have a midheaven, be this job. And do you think your midheaven connects? Maybe this is three questions now that I'm sorry, Gemini Mercury. And also, do you did what you want to be as a kid? Is it reflected at all in your, you know, like that, like gut kid answer? Maybe you did or did not have one. But I feel like mo- a lot of people might have like a their kid that like the response that they gave a lot during school. But maybe it's like we don't even know where it came from. Sometimes I feel like sometimes the kid answers are very odd. Anyways, I can repeat any of those too because I know that was many okay. questions in one. I have Aquarius, which unfortunately I feel like is one of the signs that's harder to nail down um, as far as like, you know, attributes and things. It's, it's a lot of heaven job. I have a theory that I've set that it's a, it's my working theory on um, Aquarius midheaven that they, you know how they're like the artist and also the scientist and also like they can do anything kind of like they're very inventive and smart. Um, it just needs to align with them ethically. That's my vo- that's my point of view on the Aquarius Midheaven folk. I think ideally it just needs to match their ethos. And I think that they'll be happy. Then they can fit their way into wherever they want to be. That's my working think, Aqua Midheaven theory. What do you think? I think that's definitely true for me. I think that, you know, I would have a hard time working for something that I felt was morally corrupt, even though all corporations and jobs are um true so don't, don't forget see, and know, a, only an aquarius midheaven would point that out too see that was <laughs> that was the that was the because it's it's hard to work ethically right like it in, it's impossible and and do your best to get in a position of power in order to change that Ooh, um, instead of here we go get in a position of power in order to become a cog in the wheel to make more money anyway oh I, my god the aqua midheaven mm-hmm. jumping out i think that um for sure, if I had to be remembered by traits of Aquarius, I would hope that they are the ones that are, <laughs> you know, about <laughs> making friends and uh, philanthropy and all those wonderful things. I have a feeling it would be a bit more of the, the fixed sign nature of Aquarius, which I, I am a bit. It's it's tough to move me. Um, and I'm not just talking about. My weight. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't. Gosh, I don't have stand up. This is all I have. No, um, that was good. Keep, keep going. <laughs> I do. Um, I do think if I had like when I was young, I wanted to be 
a lawyer, a comedian, and a um, a pastor. Uh-huh. So I do think those are kind of Aquarius things. I think those um, yeah. are. Yeah. And also, I would make the case, because my favorite thing to do is, like, figure out why these things are all the same. I do think those are all a similar kind of Aquarius I see them all in trench coats for some reason. Like I'm seeing a lot of coats. You know what's crazy, Stevie? I did this. It's so weird that you said that. You must have picked up on something energetically. I'm scared. You, I'm scared what you're going to say. No, no, no. <laughs> when you don't right now. When you did when you said that um, you know, what you wanted to be as a kid, in my mind it flashed this image. We had to do this thing and I think it was like first or second grade where they gave us like a skeleton on a piece of paper and we had to dress it up as the job. Whoa. And I, I definitely put mine in a trench coat. Oh, shit. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think those are all like Aquarian jobs because they're all like... Um, talking. Talking and also though like... Explaining in a way. They're like, it's like breaking it down. There's something like... It, teaching but also like helping teaching and helping talking under and weird yeah and weird. And so it's weird for a kid to want to be a religious leader i mean let's just be honest <laughs> no i mean I, I don't know but also i you know i don't think anything's weird like that but but i wrote down a thing this was another one that i just like came to me while i was doing yoga of leo ic aquarius mc i think the most important thing is to be proud of being part of something you're proud of oh like yeah I love that it's like you could be you don't want to be being in charge or like being the best at the thing who cares if you're the best at like a shitty thing it's all about the the who you are associated with who what you what are you part of a greater thing because if you were a part of something that goes on that helps a bunch of people or something like that. And you even played a small part in that. That's such a huge thing. Whereas like, if you're the head of a soul sucking corporation, who cares if you are like the CEO, you're the CEO of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's so, that's such a, but that goes, what, that's what so intertwined. Saying, yeah. Like, it, well, that's the thing is like, I think an Aquarian or even like a Leo in many ways could like, work at a fabulous grocery store if it was cool like you know like if it like if they like it you know it's like I like and this I would I would be a florist like oh, yeah. if I had that's, that, any, that's a hot job if I had any like talent for that you guys saw the picture I sent of the candle but like it's not happening but like I love I would that lo- I, like I romantic cancer moon like florist mm-hmm. like you know what with I mean? a little like, messy bun the smock uh-huh totally our our spotify slash apple music wrapped up playlist playing in the background you ever so it. faintly with raindrops no florist is a I, hot job if you're a florist let us know what your midheaven is and uh any other interesting stats and um florist. what it takes to be a good florist. i feel like obviously virgo's the, the like florist florist yeah <laughs> the name I at first was gonna say no I don't think so but then when I think about what I really wanted to be as a kid was mostly an actor um but also I think I really wanted to be like like a (laughs) cancer I'm thinking of like I loved not like I don't want to say princesses but it was always this like this the queen um, 
not even the queen. I'm trying like melodramatic, like adored. Like, I think that's but, it, but also even the thing of like I loved the Disney princesses because they always did and I joke about this where it's like daddy I love him like that <laughs> kind of like there was this thing of like I think what I wanted a to maiden be was just, like, emotionally unhinged oh that's this <laughs> thing of, like, being being the most like dramatic like I'm emotional and I feel and I need to tell so, you about it so like, you okay that, this is that's I know what it is I'm gonna call your cancer ass actor MC so you wanted to be in like a Joan Collins, eight, like I like I'm seeing vintage cancer, yeah. like no, like the feud, right? Like yeah, those like, like out of a seashell. Like, yes, yeah, coming out of a seashell. Also, like I love the idea of like you know in the movie, like in a in a period piece when it's like the star of the movie and only the most delicate, like Nicole Kidman style women play these women <laughs> where they cough they cough into a tissue and there's oh, yeah. blood. Yeah, they're secretly dying from tuberculosis. Like that's it's okay. That kind of thing. You, you just said Nicole Kidman because of Moulin Rouge. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is the that was gonna so say good. that's Moulin Rouge. <laughs> has played a character like this. There are other yeah, people yeah. who have done it, but no, it's, that thing it's like it's only like the most. I don't know. There's just something so. And again, I don't. I don't mean to say that these are like the only things, but I. Th- that's like what I think of. It's just like. Like whipping my hair, drama, like mm-hmm. and just like emotional. But I also loved, you know, I wanted to be like a, what? What's the one that we always wanted? Marine all, biologist. Marine biologist. I was gonna say, know, where's uh, the marine biologist at? But I said, even the ones when I was like, I wanted to be a pediatrician for like a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But but mostly and a lawyer. But then I also realized that I just liked ER and. <laughs> law and order i was like i still just want to be an actor like that's really <laughs> if i get down to it i want to i want to like pretend and play and change yeah uh, well that's very cancer yeah, yeah i love all that to change vintage and, you know. vintage high key drama actor like dramatic lighting the eye, like yes. lighting on the eyes Ooh, did we ever aspire to like did we always want to do like movies or like were were we a broadway fan or I like mean, i love it's theater? i do feel like the greatest i was not a theater kid and i do feel like i really shut like i it's it's a shame because i i love a broadway i love a that's i mean i love like a musical thing and that to me is the same thing where it's like it's so over the top and like mm-hmm. it's not like there's nothing there's nothing subtle or cool about musicals it's very just like emotionality and that but i no i didn't but absolutely yes i love that um okay so my fucking midheaven is at zero degrees aries which i've had astrologers point out right away they're like okay bitch what's going on and moon right conjunct that motherfucker so i think i've thought about the 10th not two degrees you're at two? Oh, damn. Well, my north node's at zero, too. That's that's so funny. I always thought your moon was further. I don't know. No, she's, she's, up, she's up on All it. Right. And so I've, like, thought, like, that, it feels very powerful, right? Like, I'm like, oh, shit, I have a lot to, like, uh, do up here because this is my fucking emotional self on display is how I always kind of, like, interpreted it a lot. But thinking of, like, being known for Aries, I mean – it's funny you mentioned your struggles with Cancerians because I've had tr- I've had issues with Aries. I've I've had a tumultuous relationship with Aries. I've had highs, the highest highs and the lowest lows. But ultimately, you know, I keep coming back for more. And I think being remembered for an Aries would be like naturally cool. I think I, this is my square off right with between Cancer and Aries is like 
Aries to me are so like hard in the paint and so like brah like and I know there's like introverted softer Aries you probably have a lot of Pisces placements and that's all that's that's all I'll have to say on the matter <laughs> um but then I square off with this cancer like conflict of like but no I'm nice <laughs> like I don't know like and not to say Aries aren't nice but like I don't know I get I, I, it's a struggle. It's a square, right? Like, it's like, I feel like it is this push pull energy that I'll, that I'll toss between. But yeah, if I could be remembered as an Aries. It's like, then it's like, oh, I gave like no fucks in the best way possible. Like, I just did me, like, I approached life with fresh eyes 24 7, 365, and just, um, I don't know. Like, like, I love Aries freedom for like that. And I know that's like very tacky. So that would be totally dope. Um, and it's something I try to do. And I feel like it was much easier going back to the moon. Were you more your moon side as a kid? I was such an Aries moon kid. I was such a wild rug rat. I was so like non shy. I said hi to strangers in the grocery store. Like my mom had to be like, stop. Like you're, this is like, I don't want to talk to these people. <laughs> like, so stop hugging people and running up to them and like being like, what, it, who are you? Um, I definitely wanted to be an like an actor, like a little actor kid. I don't know. I was just like, like a ham. I was just like, give me attention. I liked attention. Um, and then in high school, I definitely wanted like my main thing I really wanted to be in was or like to be was a, a documentarian, specifically a documentarian, like not like a filmmaker or a director. But I like watched Michael Moore's activism documentaries. And I was like, yeah, that's what that's what I'm going to like do. Have I ever told you about my first film company? No. No. Okay. It is insane. Pablo knows about this. He has a tweet somewhere about it because I blew his mind one night when I told him about my first production company. Um, me and my prima- kind of girlfriend, like I was like, am I maybe gay teenage high school girlfriend? We're obsessed with like documentaries and jackass and all this stuff. And we made a, like an AOL homepage that was our film production company. I was going to make documentaries called Inbred Films. I don't know why. I don't know why we called it in Inbred Films. But we <laughs> also so used, funny. like, remember the AIM emoticons that were just yellow, little yellow people that just barely, yes. they were like gifts that mm-hmm. barely moved. We used one that was called Inbred and it like was drooling. It was like so bad. Like everything about it was just like so <laughs> bad of like a reference. So being, I remember like, as a teen, like, hating George Bush and, like, activism. Like, those things were, like, really cool to me. I was like, I want to do that. I want to be, like, a psychopath that makes insane documentary films and is, like, lives with people that they would never live with and go, like, advent- like I guess it's, like, pretty, adve- like, adventurous, right? Like, and a little dangerous. Um, yeah, so I think that that would, like, I feel like it reflects it's very, like, that new self-discovery of, like, I don't know, it feels very fresh and raw, which I think is very... Aries attributed and of course uh working for others is hard (laughs) like a lot of the time because it's uh, a very self I don't know it can be just very a solo minded even though like I'm I have so much 11th house I'm so collaborative I work with so many people like I don't know so that's the interesting part too of self and other well but I think that that's a different thing I think working with people is a different thing than like working for someone Totally. Yeah, yeah. Then that's a cardinal. That's a seventh house or an or even an eleventh house thing, which something that I didn't realize was part of the tenth house significations is like authority figures because yeah. that tenth house is always like the superior angle mm-hmm. to something. So it is like relationships over you. And I think that idea of like 
you are in predominantly, and correct me if I'm wrong, predominantly like relationships of equal thing where it's like, I'm, we're all in charge of our things. Mm -hmm. I can also do, you can also have the freedom to work with multiple kinds of people and do other products. Cause it's like, you're in charge of this thing. And I think that that's also a very Aries thing. Yeah. Oh, also like growing up reading like cafe astrology, everything was like, you will hate your dad. (laughs) And I was like, okay, got it. Aries moon in the 10th. With that production company that when I was little, I used to like, I would always start businesses, like not like, (laughs) not real businesses, but I was like, I was a door to door salesman all the time, not with like actual things, but like there was, we used to have this big tree in our front yard. Um, that randomly, it was not, it grew mistletoe on it. Oh, cute. And I was like, I don't know what kind of tree grows mistletoe, but I think like. mistletoe is like a fungus that grows. It's a, oh, okay, that makes I sense. I could be wrong. It may not be a fungus, but it's a parasite or something. Can we, I could be wrong. I was going to say, but, can we eat it? Can we forage it? <laughs> can we forage it? But I had my dad like cut it down, help me package it in the things. And I went to like strangers houses and asked if they wanted to buy mistletoe (laughs) I would start things where like I was oh I'd like start so I never like did anything moon child what that's so and mistletoe who buys that that's so nostalgic cancer like mistletoe for sale (laughs) I also was like I'm gonna make skirts or whatever like I would just be like I'm gonna start a business never never uh efficient like effectively but I forgot that I would just do that you guys I was such a cancer moon baby like I I remember when I was, I don't know if it was pre-K or kindergarten, but I remember, like, I would cry every day, like, take me home. I don't want to be here. Like, I just want to be at home with you, mom. Like, I do not want to be with these school kids, like, whoever they are. Like, I was like, no fucking way. And I would, I would, like, um, I guess this is, like, you know, the midheaven part is, like, during nap, I would, like, protest taking nap like, I would be like at home we don't do nap like I am not fucking like I would go sit in the bathroom or like do weird like a little kid being like yeah. I'm not fucking napping I'm not closing my eyes in front of you suckers I don't remember I having naps that. but maybe yeah, that's my Aries moon really jumping really out they I I didn't have naps I don't think at <laughs> my school but I remember um, when my sister was little, like, I remember there was some weird, I think just used to let you do shit like this, where it was like, I remember like being home from school one day and they just like, let me go to my sister's like preschool. Or <laughs> like she can wander the halls. <laughs> well, there was like, whatever, just like hang out. Um, come on in fellow kid. <laughs> I remember that like they made the little kids take a nap or whatever, but like, I remember like watching people take naps, but being like, I'm not taking a nap. I think I also remember just like laying down and being like, I don't need a fucking nap. <laughs> I just remember being like, we don't do this at my house. And like, oh, I do not like this school thing. Oh, I was probably just like a, t- like a tiny terrorist. I mean, I got, in tr- I got to send to the principal's office a lot. I would like punch people. Like I was just like a straight I up. I also did. I was just truly off the walls i also had this issue i might have told this story before where i would like i love the year who doesn't love a yearbook am i who we love the yearbooks don't we folks <laughs> and i love looking up my teacher's first names in the yearbook and then being like hey kim and she's like it's miss etch to you or like whatever and i loved like getting per- like what up bitch like i know your first name it's so off 
I'm not allowed to know this, but here I am. Why would they put in the yearbook if I were not allowed to know your first name, Kimberly? And yeah, I mean, I was just nut. I was just an off the walls child. I love it. I love it. And here we are. And here we are, grown ass. But I mean, also um, thinking of the cancer midheaven, just for any other cancer midheaven folk. I just love that we're less group of group of astro gals, Gabbin. Like, I mean, I feel like that, like Cancerian sisterhood. If you want to get very, totally. like, again, like, yes. like a little barfy gendery, but also like, hey, I'm gonna just think, while we're here, I'm saying it. Well, it's, and also, it's podcast. been such a think at least for me I feel like with my Capricorn stuff too I feel like really leaning into and again not to be like this is that's what I mean by saying like oh this isn't the most feminine but like the most the most like just free emotional unhinged Ooh. kind of things all these things that we're taught to not be as women because mm-hmm. they are inherently less than because men are are taught to be uh, you know in that like really gendered capricorn cancer dynamic i think that that is something that i really uh am am realizing that i'm so drawn to and i love and i and i appreciate so much mm-hmm. i think this podcast is such an excellent representation of all three of our midheavens like there is the nurturing connection the the, fe- the feminine energy of cancer there is um you know the the quirky like uh, for sure, um, the the philanthropic stuff and like we talk about social justice and a lot of like you know Aquarian things. I think it, we're independent. We uh, we did this like we just started it. That's very Aries <laughs> to me. I think you know it, it is our own thing, which is very Aries and like also you know Aquarius podcast. I think it all makes sense. Like we are our podcast is an Aquarius too. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. I know we have. I'm, um, talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna look up our literal midheaven because, well, I know we're a Gemini we're, rising, but I'm well, curious. We're, we're a Virgo. I believe that means we're a Virgo Aquarius. midheaven. Aquarius. Well, depending on the depending on the um, because I'm basically a Gemini or rising. Pisces. Pisces midheaven. It might be Pisces. That sorry, I was like, okay. I'm going the opposite way. Ooh, um, I'm gonna find Pisces. it. It might just take a second. So that's all. Um, before we go into our, I'm assuming you have your your list. Of I have a yeah, I have a little there. planetary rundown. Something else I thought again because we because we didn't say you know just the quick quickly the you know significations as we get to this you know at the very end of the episode we've alluded to it very much but uh, significations of the tenth house would be your career your social status. Um, Things like reputation. I kept thinking about, you know, because of the crown that's been on too. Things like that where it's also like very... I would love to know um, what the Windsor family's charts looks like in their 10th their house if there is like... Shout out, cr- there, shout but, out crown hive. <laughs> um, some of these symbolisms. Yeah. Pr- profession, career, business. You're standing in the community and professional world. Um, the amount of authority you carry. Uh, how you uh, feel about authority as we were kind of talking um, honors recognitions the the parental s- some books will say the parent of the opposite sex but I do like this idea especially like getting away from gender of it the more quote-unquote dominant um, parent uh, and also fame um, I don't know if he said fame yeah but fame it can fame, be reputation also like government authority like uh hierarchies in that kind of way um 
end of math. Oh, okay. No, I'm not going to get into any of that. But also, um, what I would say is that the the I think we kind of like recognize it. But again, just to reiterate for people who are like me and don't have anything in the 10th house, uh, <laughs> this sign also can kind of reveal your what was this from? I have another quote that I wrote down that sign, the sign of the cusp of the house reveals the character of your ability to organize organizational abilities and systems used in order to attain recognition. Mm. So also like, if you don't have something there, what are the things that you rely on to get the recognition that you want? So I have our mid heaven. Yes. We're a Aquarius Midheaven. Oh, hell yeah. Because we're very early. Mm-hmm. I can't tell from my little screenshot. Um, and I don't, sorry, I don't remember the exact. I feel like it's a, either a zero or one. It looks very like early on. But we're Aquarius Midheaven. Our Aquarius Mercury is right on the Midheaven. And mm-hmm. also our South Node, which I think is kind of interesting in terms of like, I don't know, like there is a release that comes of uh, – like I don't know like release of old ideals and old things I don't know there's like I I, I liked that I liked the south node there I was like that's kind of powerful examining patterns and revisiting things I mean just reinventing new ideas yeah and this idea also of um like when we're like redoing episodes or like revisiting topics and Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I love that I love the deep dive shall we start with the sun yeah, so this is just a little rundown of the planets in the 10th house. Of course, you know, this is a pretty broad stroke take. If you're, it's going to, you know, it's going to be impacted by different aspects, the sign itself, um, all sorts of shit. So just take it with some grains of salt. But I think this is just fun to think about, um, especially if you have planets here, if you haven't, you know, might give a new perspective. But for the sun, obviously on the nose and I think a few of you are going to hear this a few times but like it's a time to be seen especially the sun though like this is truly us this is who we're growing into I know I mentioned before I'm so sorry introverts um that have this spot but also I think being seen doesn't have to be being famous or being a celebrity right like what do you, do you want to be known for your writing do you want to be known for your historic nursing career maybe you're like the third in family member of your generation is it time to get like a wing of the hospital named after you guys you know like doing stuff that is um calling to attention what you're doing out in the world so my just advice was to brag about yourself or like I think this is what a great house to gas ourselves up a bit right and just lean into um putting it out there hell yeah uh, I was gonna say, did the book have any hot takes? It says something horrible. <gasps> it does. What does it say? Or should we? It's horrible, but I just think it's kind of untrue. Oh, interesting. This... Something that I mean, maybe it's not untrue. I don't know. The book's been pretty have... good, and I feel I like this know. is the first time you've said like, "Huh?" Which I mean, well, we've had before. Can stuff. be kind of judgy. I feel like because I think it's it is judgmental. Oh, it's first it's Saturnian, but also I think it's hard because we. Like, like I said, the it's hard to not everything that we like uh, get recognition for or whatever is like measured under capitalism accurately. And mm-hmm. so I think that sometimes it's like, I don't know, I feel like that reflects in the way that we judge 10,000 sometimes. Well, and also I like think that maybe this is like a bit biased, like towards maybe a more negative take on what. So I didn't want to say it because I don't want anyone to think like. If you have this placement, this is you. It's not that big of a deal. It just <laughs> says that um, if if you have challenging aspects of the sun in the 10th, that you may be unethical or ruthless in order to gain power or position. 
Um, so I think that if you have a tendency to like manipulate people or do something that may be morally corrupt in order to attain status, just keep that in check. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to actually act on those things. I was going to say, I was wondering if it was going to say like either like only does what people want to like what you want people to see. Right. Or even like we kind of talked about with the ninth house, like when you're a public person and maybe you're like vibing to the more um twisted side like you know the ninth house sons can be zealot type people right like that's the house of your belief yeah. so like yeah if you go like really hard in and there's not a balance or a check or an, or you know some kind of equal equalizing then it could swing far that way but i don't think that was that that wasn't as scary as i thought no. i thought it was gonna be really yeah scary. i just i don't know it's like it doesn't have a lot that's super well, um positive in there so that i guess that kind of like I, what i what that just made me think of is um, in one of the books that I was reading, they just mentioned like, you know, that you will probably be known as someone who is ambitious or, mm-hmm. uh, like for professional gains or whatever. But also I was just thinking about it in terms of what you're saying about like power, um, over others, I think, and thinking about like the crown again, I think there's also just something kind of un, unrelationable that's I know that's not a word, but this thing of like always feeling like you kind of have to be the one in charge or that performing you are like the on. State, you're this you're the figurehead instead of like a regular person that doesn't get and that means that you also maybe feel like you don't get to mess up or you don't get to let your guard down in the same way or something. But this idea of like, oh, my there are very there's consequences to my actions. People know my, I have a reputation, you know, those things that maybe I think again, that thing of like maybe holding back some of yourself on a low, on a, on a low vibe hard, side, difficult side. Yeah. is like hiding or also feeling like you need to be the highest, uh, like not engaging one-on-one with people in that way. I was, I'm thinking of a friend of ours who's very 10th house, um, who I think always in relationships often has these kind of like, Oh, they're never on the same level as you. Like you engage with people and you're a good person and you don't, you like Mm. treat people well, but they're not, this isn't a relationship of equals. There is always a, this is always like a subordinate situation. The moon. This is my placement. So this is kind of hard to write about, but also whatever. Um, Sort of some things I touched on earlier when just talking about my own self-experience might be a little more open and public with our emotions and feelings on things. I mean, I definitely don't keep things a secret often. Usually it's, um, on display a lot. Uh, an invite to share your feelings. Maybe if we're not doing that, i.horoscope.com said, we're always thinking about making our dreams come true, which I thought was really sweet. And I was like, oh, I like hard relate to that because I think it's a that's a different type of ambition, right? Like thinking of your dreams and what you wish. I don't know. That's very moonlike, like what I imagine my life looking like and what I imagine doing out in, in the world is so it's so moony. Um also, this is just speaking from my experience and maybe other 10th house placements might feel this, but like criticism, I think, can also be a, a hard spot for 10th housey people because obviously they're out here doing it very seen. And so when you're seen, you get notes, right? Like when you're seen, you get feedback, you get reviews, you get all this stuff. Um, but as I wrote to you, that's the price of fame. So just keep on keeping on. Not, not much you can do. The book says that your career may go in phases. It may go through phases. Like oh, moon, like Kyla. the moon. That's cool. And then it also mentions um, 
lunar occupations, marketing commodities, and shipping by water. So, hey, it's like a, probably huge right now. Shipping anyone, yes. anyone want to get me into yacht sales? Um, actually, <laughs> I've always a thing I did think I've invented on acid multiple times is um, shelves for hot tubs, and I was like, I imagine my whole life working the hot tub circuit. So that's <laughs> so. If anyone has the in in hot tub sales, I think I'd also be really good with it. Hell yeah. Putting out my new phase of my <laughs> career. Uh, Mercury? Any more moon stuff or we should we? Oh, I was just going to say, so this book that I have is called Interpreting the Houses. This is one all, this is one of the cool looking, Very uh, cool. like pamphlet ones. And they say, uh, I'll say the sun, they say, uh, these are like tips for success in your son. Success through public. Mm-hmm. Um, for the moon, this is success in business, which caters to the public tastes. Okay. Okay. Which I thought is an interesting one. They say more stuff too, but we've covered it. So. Taste. But also that one, they also said women more influential in achievement of success. So. Hello. Hello. We're here. We were talking about it, but also <laughs> a lot of the other things that you, I think that you are definitely a poster child for that. I work in, um, I work in groups of three like all the fucking time and it's always like I always have like little friend businesses I don't know like not that it's like in an always be capitalism way but in like if I like someone like I want to make something with them a lot of the time Mm -hmm. too and like I don't know I think that's like a fun thing to recognize in the people you enjoy of like even if it's something small or short term it's just like a little a little artifact of us um yeah do you like Jenny Slate I do like Jenny Slate. I was like thinking for a second, like rising Aries Moon too. Oh, really? In the tenth house, Aries Moon in the tenth. She's cute. I loved the movie. Um, obvious. I was just trying to think. I'm like, what is she like in? I mean, I know like a bit of like Parks and Rec. The girl that said fuck on SNL and said fuck on SNL. Hell yeah! I mean, they they fucked her though. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, justice for jenny slate mercury mercury obviously if mercury's up present we're gonna talk about writing or communication because that could be inclination for some work natural problem solver um also some sources i'm like kind of loose leafing together sorry but like multi-career right because mercury is fast moving too thinking of lunar phases is interesting from our previous one um but i think maybe my advice is to just not pigeonhole ourselves, right if we are like, oh, should I do painting or drawing? It's like, we're a drawer painter. Like, I think that there's more room to move to um, what's calling you, and it doesn't have to be so singular. Um, a note from this book, Interpreting Houses, is uh, might need to develop a better sense of humor. Oh. Tends to be a bit stern. Ooh. Uh, and, and the quote, uh, there's a quote that they give that says, ambition has its disappointment to sour us but never the good fortune to satisfy us. So remember oh, that it can, it can bum us out, but it will never be enough. So don't take it all so seriously because you could think about it into oblivion. So mm-hmm. keep it, keep a sense of humor. Take, take yourself serious. Take, what is it? I don't remember. Take, <laughs> take your job seriously, but not yourself. I, I was going to say, I think, Oh, sorry. Go, go, go. Just, I think that 10th house spot can definitely have some high expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause there's some expectations for yourself, I think inherently a lot of the time with the 10th house. So I I could see how that would naturally bleed onto others, right? Where you're like, you got to hit this shit. Otherwise, what the fuck? I'm hitting this shit. 
Well, and thinking uh, about it in a mental capacity too, like if you're thinking, I don't know, like our mind is a place where we can be like, you like do serious stuff. You don't have to like always think serious or speak serious, you know, mm-hmm. you get it. The book mentions that, I think this is a good strategy for um, if you're, if you have Mercury in the 10th and you feel stuck career-wise, you don't know what you want to do. Um, it mentions that these people might get an education in order to increase their social position. So if there's something you're interested in studying, that might be really um, helpful. It also says um, travel involved in the career or a uh, good speech writer for po- po- political affiliates. Um, Martin Luther King had Mercury in the 10th house. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Venus. So, uh, consider going on a dating show, but I'm not kidding. Just kidding. There, it's been said that like, like on a lot of reality, like mainly for me, 90 day fiance, but on like a lot of reality TV show, if you're talking about astrologers, they're like, I bet that Venus is in the 10th, making that love career work, like making it happen for you. So that's a working theory. But, um, I think, um, it's like a lot of Venus 10th house people, um, there, oh, what I think it was from iHoroscope.com, but uh, it mentioned marrying for image and um, or that they might be like just really dedicated in that workaholic sense. Good at meeting new friends and organizing events. Um, this was the one with examples that I thought was pretty funny in terms of thinking of marrying for image, which they listed Nicole Kidman's, you know, circling back from our Moulin Rouge days, Kanye West and Ashton Kusher. And when I think of them, I'm like, Oh yeah, like okay, maybe of course were they in love with are they were they in love with their partners? Sure, probably. But also like some iconic couples right now that I'm thinking of, like are that are well, popping into mind. It brings remember go. Well, I do think that so David Bowie and Tom Cruise and um Johnny Depp also all have um Venus in the tenth. And I think like oh you know, someone like Tom Cruise I definitely see marriage as being a way to kind of protect who you are and like, mm-hmm. like to establish maybe something that the public doesn't necessarily see in you. Cause I, I feel like having a woman mm-hmm. vouch for someone who's like a Scientologist might be like a big career move. Nicole, yeah, that sense? Nicole Kidman. Like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And she agreed so to absolutely. it. And like the same of like, um, like David Bowie. I mean, I I I don't know too much about. Oh it, well, he was like, married to Amon. That is but so. Also, like, to, but he's like to, not like, a to give him some normalcy, right? To, mm. to like establish a sense of of something that necess- wasn't necessarily about. I don't know. I feel like there is something there, even though I'm not that familiar with his. No, his life. I, and Johnny well, Depp too. It's like being accused of being as horrible as he was. It's like. Yeah, having a woman to vouch for you is kind of important when you're like a abusive person. Mm-hmm. Well, there's. Right? Also, I was just thinking too of when we did our Venus episode. I think about this all the time about that quote about Venus and Capricorn, which is it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich man as it is to fall in love with a poor man. Oh. So why not fall in love with this? So it's also Whoa. like if the if the I think it's not it's maybe less sinister than we're making it out to be in sure. that way. It's I don't also think, like I don't know with oh yeah the, abusive men. I feel yeah, like it is that is sinister. <laughs> yeah that's absolutely sinister and no excuse absolutely awful and that also makes sense if we're talking about a venus in the 10th in a power subordinate relationship right, totally. not to say that that is that they are the same thing but 
obviously there are highs and lows of every placement, but that makes sense to me of like, that's a thing. If you have Venus in the 10th, you do consider what this looks like. Well, and also like Venus, I know it's love, but it is our stuff and it's money. Yeah. that Those things might be important. I mean, Ashton Kutcher with Demi Moore was a look. That was a fucking yeah. look, dude. Like Kanye West and Kim. I mean, that's, that's ca- like, it's catapulted. And even now, now I'm thinking of Nicole Kidman with Keith Urban. It's like, that's kind of random too. But I, but I you show up as the, that song about her. I know. They, 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 it's yeah. the opposite this time where she gets to be the one where it's like, oh, that's so sweet that she married him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like now, but she leads, she'll go to those country events. Like she leans in. I love it. And yeah. So like, no, does this mean you'll only marry up and marry out of snobbery? No. Does that maybe sound enticing to a Venus intense? Maybe. It doesn't hurt. It's not the reason, but it doesn't hurt. That's a fun, that's a fun perk. And well, and maybe this goes with marrying up and rich. This had a high possibility of being discovered, right? Like where everyone else is kind of working at it. You're just plucked from obscurity. And guess what? When we're, venus on the 10th and so seen that might get us access to richer people <laughs> which sounds so weird to say but i mean it makes sense right like in so many venusy ways yeah. if you are venus oh. in the 10th from a social distance you are like venus that's what i mean like yeah like you're venus, venus stuff. it's agreeable it's nice it's all of these things again not to say that that's that's wrong or bad i think it's just and- like yeah that makes sense you would get discovered because someone sees the easiest thing to see about you is venusian mm-hmm. people also want to probably marry you you know yeah, yeah. yeah you're hot so you're hot you're you're head, com- get, the, com- get the money a commodity mm-hmm. um mar mars so hard work, this kind of stuff that we talked about before, which was like the shade from the book earlier. I think of that as like with a, like a lot of Mars and Saturnian, like and with Saturn. Um, but that's drive, right? I mean, this is so literal to have that activity of like, also maybe even like being the business runner, right? I think we're, this is my shade to back to Venus because Venus, you know, you're marrying rich and you're hot. So I think you can take it. Um, is that like where Venus might just wait and have these opportunities come and wait for something better. Mars is going to go and make it happen. Mars is going to go and search out what they're looking for. And i.horoscope.com also said they might be strict bosses. So if you are a chiller by nature and you're like, what? Like, just know like, yeah, you take it seriously. And I think that can be the by whatever means necessary planet. This kind of themes that we talked about before of the shade of like, yeah, like if Mars has to do what it needs to do to make it happen, it will. But again, do no harm, right? Like that's the the thing to come back to. And yeah, people probably just don't work as hard as you. So that could be like frustrating too. Yeah, I have the Mars in the 10th. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know exactly too much about it. Not, none of it. Some of it strikes, but it's like stuff I've worked against a lot. I have mm. swearing a lot of stuff too. So, mm-hmm. um, and it mentions that you know if you have challenging aspects, that uh, problem with the father. I, oh, we've already gone through that. Oh. Like, <laughs> Class, classic. A um, lot of, of a very strange relationship, but but you know, it, in hindsight, would trade you know to have it back. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the competitive nature, I think. Sure. It's something I've definitely worked against a lot to, to try to be more accepting, less competitive, more. It, let's have fun. 
um at jupiter square um mm. beyonce also has this placement and kanye west and mm-hmm. let's see if there's problematic and eminem so you know. oh, okay oh i think I, eminem actually comes up maybe late we'll talk i think i'm i remember seeing eminem around this 10th house arena um but yeah i mean i think saying that like working against things right like i think that that's um an interesting way to think of it too because when my moon is on my midheaven i've been asked by when i get astrology readings i'll get asked a lot oh are you really emotionally invested in work and i'm like no <laughs> like i <laughs> i do like the complete opposite i'm so self and aries but i think also like i feel like there's probably like i have a lot of aspects i have mars squaring off and can't like i have my um also What's the word when you're like my moon is in my Mars sign and my Mars is in my moon sign, you know, it's mutual the, reception, the mutual. Oh, yeah. I got some mutual reception shit going. And I think. But is this let me let me rephrase that question. Are you emotionally? You said, are you super emotionally attached to your work? Are you super, super emotionally attached to yourself working? Oh, my my self work, my things I like to do. I'm super I'm emotionally attached to if it's like the work of like work like i think that yeah you're not emotionally attached to your job i guess that's like sixth house now that i'm like thinking it out loud but but to being a good like being Mm -hmm. a successful worker or like and maybe but maybe it's like those titles things where i feel like i can flop around for a bunch and i'm like i don't care like i'm doing it but like maybe i should care more of like that ownership or that i don't know that aspiration i'm kind of chill with like what happens happens like i'm not I don't feel like I'm ruthless, right? Like, like I'm ruthlessly, like, I have to get these things. But then also maybe deep down internally inside, I'm like, bitch, what are you talking about? That's not true. I don't know. I'm working through it. We'll find. (laughs) Well, it's hard to admit these things, right? Like, these, like, 10 house things are kind of, like, who's just like, yep, I'm bold and I'm an entrepreneur and I do. I guess this is, like, girl boss culture, right? Like, of, like, that ownership is so, like, whoa. maybe they have all like trines in that area or something you know what I mean like right. all, like I, I have squares there so it's hard yeah, I'm like to, like, questioning it like I do yeah, question yeah. these these things yeah I guess it's like everything's trying if I had big old trines to this moon or to your which there your are Mars. people that they're just like I belong here and like I'm gonna jump in real quick yeah. mm-hmm. I mean I was just talking to a friend that was sun saturn conjunct on the mc and it was like i am my work and i was like i fucking believe you <laughs> like i totally mm-hmm. believe you on that one um and that's cool i would never say that like i i just that's not me maybe one maybe one day i will say it but um any more mars things or shall i move to jupiter let's move to jupiter okay obviously this can be a pretty nice spot right to have jupiter because i think that can mean a lot of opportunities and a lot of um people seeing like all that grandness i think too if mercury is going into aspect if mercury is aspecting your jupiter i definitely ask for more because like even if it's square or trine i think that that's in a push to to do it because jupiter is right there at the top of all these opportunities just waiting to open you up to get that abundance i think um i think i did read somewhere i think it was probably i.horoscope.com because they have a good rundowns of different planets and the houses and all that but since it's Jupiter and since it's like jolly, right? All those Jupiter things of like, yay, look how easy it is to do life. Um, it can get a little off track and can get a little lackadaisical about career and things like that. So I think while it seems like the world is our oyster, you know, there are time limits on opportunities and there are time, like 
you know, we'll talk about Saturn coming up, which is the opposite of Jupiter in so many ways. Um, but also they're a perfect pair. So I think this is, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, say thank you, take the opportunities, but also, you know, we can't just rest on our laurels either. Yeah, the book mentions that you may be a natural leader, um, have high moral standards, broad vision, and uh, professions could include healing, religion, or social reform. Mm. This book says, a born judge. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, interesting. Example. I think that's a good example. I mean, that's a prominent uh, social, a big, big social, social position. Reform, yeah. And then, but also, yeah, also changing, like, the way that we socialize and all that, too. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, deciding I, to create an yeah. entire thing is yeah. judged. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Saturn. Um, so obviously Saturn likes to do shit and this is about doing all the shit, about actually getting it, perfecting it. You know, Saturn likes to be the master, the boss. Um, so uh, this is some some celeb examples back at you is Kim Kardashian and Leonardo DiCaprio, Miley Cyrus and Oprah. And whether you like any of those people or not, like those people and again, while it seems like maybe like, oh, Miley was born into this or like that. And same with Kim Kardashian. While they were born into, and where the opposite is like Oprah, right? Like even for mm-hmm. the ones that maybe have been born into like famous family, they made it work hard. Like they didn't like not just settle into like any kind of basic family dynasty. Like these are all entrepreneurs. Like these are truly all entrepreneurs. And Leonardo DiCaprio even t- going from – teen actor right like teen 90s heartthrob to like now he's in these Pacino-y De Niro like that's the that's where he's going for like legendary shit and obviously Oprah we don't like it's fucking Oprah like what's there to what's there to say Oprah is truly a a goddess goddess mogul um so like opposite end of Jupiter of like which could feel like really it fell into my lap um which I know with some of these famous people you know grains of salt here obviously uh, nepotism capitalism but I think this is about like just exhausting all the options like just run run with it go for it try it like move it do it um I think my note is just to remember to relax and take a break sometimes and make time for the that opposite end Jupiter spirituality and relaxing and teaching and all those things so there's a lot of Obviously, a lot of Saturn determination here. Hell yeah. The book warns against compromising your values to achieve goals. It also um, mentions to to focus your ambition towards serving others. Um, often, this can translate into a strong sense of responsibility towards your own family. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when, when, you know, think about the greater, but don't get overwhelmed thinking that you have to provide for everyone either. Mm-hmm. Well, those, all of those people also, I think have like, um, that well, Kim Kardashian, is Kim like, Kardashian, literally her family, but also like Leonardo DiCaprio. I know. I mean, this is like a bad example, but like he has like friend groups around, like he, I know he's oh, always been posse? someone who like the pussy posse, but also like <laughs> looks out for his friend. Like he's a loyal friend, but also like social work too. But I think all of those people have, um like a responsibility to they all have organizations for yeah. sure like in yeah, some capacity things and and even if they are not uh i would say someone like a miley too is like 
someone who oh. has used her family experience to create family for people who don't have family like that yeah, yeah. well and like, the help the helping has, hippie you is have her a responsibility the father specifically in the book too which is mm-hmm. so wily yeah, exactly. And oh, and like, Kim K- had, Kim K dad stuff is very interesting yeah, yeah. too. If you've had a dad, if you had a good dad who helped you teach these things, it is your responsibility to go out and keep doing those things. Like, not everybody has had that relationship, and I think these are people that absolutely, um, whether good relationships or bad, like took on the responsibility of making the world better. You guys. as a result. My mind is being blown actually thinking about the dominant parent conversation with Kim Kardashian because oh. now she's a lawyer mm-hmm. and so was her dad. That's so interesting. I, I thought you were about to say been the dominant. I was gonna say I thought you were about to say actually I've changed my mind. It's Christian Jenner as the dominant. <laughs> it, you who knows? She might be I think you guys the tea is that she might be on Housewives next year. I have been hearing I've been hearing that. I've been hearing yeah. that tea around town. Eyes are wide open waiting. I won't sleep. <laughs> I bet I think that it is not Chris. I think that Kim has had to do a lot of this stuff to feed Chris's own ambitions. That's probably and I mean, that's possible. But Kim oh, is the for sure. I mean, Chris <laughs> couldn't be a star on her own. You know what I mean? Like Chris gets Chris poor gets Chris. the benefit. I mean, she will. I be, mean, not poor Chris be, either. But, but <laughs> she should she should transition a housewife. I think that'd be a brilliant yeah. move. She would be incredible at it. People would. Well, first of all, I mean, the viewership alone would just exp- like I know they don't like Bravo doesn't need it. They're doing fine. But I would wa- I would watch a Chris Jenner season. Give me, give me a phone. I'd watch a Chris Jenner season of Housewives. Salt Lake City. Put her anywhere. I'll watch wherever she you wherever she goes. Jenner, I, I she would, would not go to Salt Lake. Salt Lake sorry, City. I mean. Dude, awesome. are you watching Salt Lake City? I it's haven't, insane. but I'm I'm ready to get in. I watched the first three episodes, by the way. Okay, the fact that this is, I mean, never mind. I'm like, I'm gonna I've spoil heard, it. Uh, yeah, I've heard that it's great. It's great. Now, I want to give one spoiler, and someone marries her grandpa, and that's yeah, all that's I have to say. I know I that. Just already. Say, this last episode, the girl, they're like fighting, and she's like, she fucks her grandpa, and everyone's like. You can't say that. And I'm like, she fucks her grandpa. Like, <laughs> to be fair, it is a step grandpa, but still. But still. It's still, okay. Still Anyways. grandpa. The word grandpa's still making it in there. So, uh, where were not we? Not a door. Also, not a grandpa. I'll fuck a grandpa. Oh, I'll your fuck any grandpa, grandpa but my, my own. Not my, yeah, not anyone who's in Does my... your grandpa need a fucking. <laughs> Do you want me to fuck your grandpa? I will. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, Uranus. So, i.horoscope.com said they like to do it their way. Classic Uranus. Vin Diesel has Uranus in the 10th house, which I thought was funny. Um, You know, Uranus doesn't like authority. So, I think um, you might be called to jobs or institutions or things that you, like, maybe you enter it, but you want to, like, reinvent it, right? Like, fuck the system. I like Vin Diesel because, like, Vin Diesel, I'm sure so many people are like, Vin, you got to get some range. You got to, like, do this. And he's like, nah, I'm just going to be Vin fucking Diesel. And that was smart. Um, Also, he's most known, and we definitely know his 10th house because we are not friends with Vin Diesel, is for being, like, uh, um, like an outlaw who helps the law but does his own thing. Like, the Fast and Furious franchise is all about, like, having your own set of ethics. Mm-hmm. But, like, I love it. Okay, sorry. Um, And I think, too, uh, just with Uranus, I think this is, like, you might want to check out of the systems, right? Like, I think that's classic with Uranus, but also... 
I think what Lisa said earlier in regard to Aquarius Midheaven, which, you know, rings true for Uranus, is like, well, no, get in there and get to the top and rewrite it and fuck it. Like, like you're, you're, you choosing to check out isn't undoing any of this. So why not, like, you're the only person that has, like, a brain that's twisted enough to maybe, like, undo these things that you want to see transformed. Um, so, and also noted hidden talents, which I thought was kind of cute, too. Hidden talent, Jim Carrey. Okay, then we have, because uh, he's Uranus in the 10th house, if that ah, wasn't clear. Okay. <laughs> um, that we have uh, a vision and altruism are the main keywords. And I found that it also says that your career may change drastically suddenly, which is interesting because um, the evil leader of this nation who has just become unseated yeah. in a major way, in a very, like, Uranian way, in my opinion, kind of, like, I do think that maybe thought they were going to win and, like, got all, everything pulled out from under them. Well, um, also, that made us realize anything can happen. <laughs> so right. that was very on brand. Uh, yeah. Also, Freddie Mercury, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, well, that well, I mean, Jesus weird. Christ, Freddie Mercury opened up a, a a portal of discussion of the HIV crisis. I mean, of like, course. like just that was so. I mean, so fucking tragic, but also revolutionary. You I guys, Jim Carrey, very like a very. We, good we'll talk about Jim Carrey like, in a bit too, because he has okay. another placement. I think uh, he's just so like, I I, for some reason, get this feeling like the sudden change, like. If you said, like, do the mask thing, he could, like, do it in an instant. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. I, Jim Carrey totally makes sense for uh, impressions. Also, two things about Vin Diesel, because I'm tripping out about this. One of the things that my book says in the te- uh, for Uranus in the 10th is astrologers. Um, and Vin Diesel's mom worked as an astrologer dominant parent I was gonna say and he's been on those clips I know those clips also Vin Diesel had to change his name to become famous he tried being an actor before and his birth name is Mark Sinclair Vincent what but he changed it he uh, wait he chose i don't know why i also thought he was born vin diesel just until just no. now i'm an idiot oh my god Listen, mrs diesel so he, <laughs> vin, vin he changed his name to vin diesel when he was 17 working as a bouncer at a nightclub in new york city i know that changing but i'm like but changing it for a job like in totally. the tent, changing it at a job but that being the thing that also makes you like for a vibe. whatever and diesel like vin Whatever, but I'm seeing if there's any other really. Wait, good... I'm pretty sure that. Oh my god, he has a twin brother. This. He Did does. You know, I think Kevin twin Diesel. <laughs> and he's never met his biological father. No. Oh, dominant parent. I was yeah. really right. Well, I think Heather's cousin used to date him when he was a nightclub. Really, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, when he was like a nightclub bouncer. All right. I, I don't know if she wanted me to say that, but I did. Sorry. Heather okay. Field. Officially calling it second in command in the in the king kingdom of what's your sign? Vin Diesel. Welcome to the welcome to the resistance. Welcome to the fold. I now I now knight you, king king hot. Oh, well, I guess <laughs> I guess we know whose chart we're looking at next. Oh my oh god, my. is he a Cancer? He is. He's okay. a Cancer sign. Uh, Scorpio rising, Sag moon. Wow. 
All right. Well, and also, I, oh. he has a good YouTube video of him singing um, Stay by Rihanna that's, like, he very put sexy. Out a single. He oh, put right. out a single yeah. that is actually fantastic. Oh, okay. okay. He's saying, um, Universal Studios, um, we, we got drunk on Bloody Marys on the studio tour, and my f- friend Amy Silverberg just yelled <laughs> out really loudly while there were kids all around us. Who do you think has a bigger dick, The Rock or Vin Diesel? <laughs> his okay, his song that's good is called "Feel Like I Do." Please look it up, Spotify. Yeah. It should be your top play. This your better be trending song. for next for twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. My top song will be "Feel Like I Do" by Vin Diesel. I will be in the top percentage of Diesel <laughs> Diesel <laughs> chuggers. Okay. Neptune. Neptune, Avi, working in the arts, the creative, the unusual. Um, I think, you know, a little allergic to the stuffiness because Neptune is a little more floaty. Um, I.horoscope.com also mentioned um, working in community, healing the arts, as mentioned before, and making the world a better place, which I thought was very mm. sweet. I think that rat race cutthroatiness that 10th House gets known for might be off-putting, possibly, to a Neptunian. Also think, like, a lot of us have that Neptune Uranus and Saturn together, but Uranus and Neptune. So that can be conflicting. But um, I don't know why I wrote this, but I said, you're here to be the rainbow uh, in the world of Wall Street. I have no idea what I meant when I wrote that, but I'm going to read that to you now. You're the rainbow on Wall Street. So um, while it's like, this is wrong and weird, you'll find you'll find the light and the and the healing value, I think, that you can bring into the world. I the book mentions the word service a lot, which is interesting as um, thinking of Neptune as ruling more Pisces, Pisces. like thinking of as the inverse, um, but like uh, serving a spiritual need or, you know, um, doing some sort of humanitarian thing. It also mentions like uh, a world of glamour, acting, television, um, obviously anything that's kind of through a screen would be Neptunian. Um, the first uh, result came up Jesus Christ. Wow. Second, Diana. I didn't know we had Jesus as rising. Diana. Oh. Yes, of course she has fucking Neptune in the 10th. Mm-hmm. She was a dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, like, I, oh, I can't wait. Oh, we're two episodes from starting season four. I'm like, extra, extra. I won't say anything I, because I'm, I'm going to. No, spo- no spoiler alerts, please. I don't want to. I'm in a world well, where Diana's. Nice. I'm in a world where she's still here. <laughs> Uh, also Neptune on the Midheaven. I know I've like researched this before for like something else, but a lot of directors and obviously musicians, there was some article I read mm. back in the day of like a lot of different prominent directors that had Neptune on the Midheaven. So of course direct, like visuals direct, and arts like, and things. Yeah, anything um with like prominent Neptune, I think is direction too, for mm-hmm. sure. Um Pluto. So I think a little opposite Neptune vibe is enjoying that competitiveness, enjoying that strategy. Some names, as mentioned before, Jim Carrey, um, two and and Eminem and Paris Hilton. So I think that these all stuck out to me because also Jim Carrey is a known manifester. Jim Carrey is yeah. all about like oh, writing yeah. himself those checks. And wasn't it from Oprah too or something weird? Like I feel like there's people weaving back in here, but all of, like Eminem and Paris Hilton. Like Paris Hilton has that tot. Like and Paris Hilton broke the mold like in a very pluto way eminem like we use the word stan from his fucking song like it's still part of culture and i think that that's very pluto in the 10th um there's like 
they're the innovators, right? Like we've seen imitations of all these three types of people, I think, since. And I think Pluto can definitely be extreme um, and just want to like do it big or do nothing, right? Like I think that's very Pluto. It's like go big or go home. Um, And obviously, you know, just shady on the nose, just that power hungry, right? Like wanting to be like, like Pluto is, it got canceled and it's like pissed about it. So it's like, remember me, bitch. Like this is like putting that Pluto stamp. I like this in here. They say work for the government or large corporations. And that also makes me think though, of like these people, you don't get to be like the Eminem is like the one that kind of doesn't fit, but even like Paris Hilton, I know she didn't literally work for, the Hilton company, but like she was a living, breathing advertisement for one of the biggest corporations, like one of the most like name recognizable things. But also I like that of like Pluto kind of changing things because if you, if you like work for Coca-Cola, you don't get to like be the same. It's like you get canceled from that quick. If you make mistakes in a public, like you have to live your life Mm -hmm. in a public way. If you are a a figure for those kinds of things, that feels very Plutonian in the sense of like it transforms or like takes over your life. Mm -hmm. The book mentions um, learning how to integrate your own identity into the larger framework of a social order, which I think that embodies the, you know, integrating your identity into a corporation or into government. Um, but I also think that works for something like Eminem where it's like you, you somehow in a weird, like appropriation ish way have integrated yourself into the larger framework of like, like Stevie said, like we use still the word Stan, like it's interesting. Maybe, you know, I don't know if we, I don't think I like him, but like, Oh no, well, Eminem's done this. Well, Eminem, like, was known for, like, I mean, that's, like, the fucked upness, right? Where everyone's like, he's the best rapper. I'm like, I think he's just the first rapper you've connected to because you're white. (laughs) But, like, collective society. One thing that he did do that was cool, though, is that he licensed Lose Yourself to Joe Biden. (laughs) And he did. He did. to Michigan. He won Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Eminem never licenses his music to like anyone to use, and like he did allow them to use it for Think their campaign. So that's kind of cool. Two as Pluto in the tenth for Eminem. Eminem's whole thing was basically talking shit to other famous people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like taking down. Who is he gonna? Who is he gonna eviscerate this next? next in yeah, songs. And that to me is so Pluto in the tenth. And thinking about it in terms of this like corporate culture, because that also makes you like a pariah. You can never be accepted by the establishment in that thing because your whole role is to uh, like uh, ruin it or like call it yeah, out. Yeah. Or whatever. That feels very Pluto in the tenth too. Mm-hmm. In a different well, and way. also if you think about joining the corporation, Paris Hilton, Jim Carrey, Eminem. They did what they had to do to get famous. And then they wrote their own rules after the fact. Like, they got in, right? Pluto found the way in and ran with it. And I think that that's so, um, you know, these are very large-scale um, examples, obviously. But I think All that that... of the biggest people at the, at, their t- at the heights of their careers, too. Yeah. Would be oh, yeah. Nobody I, more famous. Especially, like, if, especially in, like, terms of, like, the 90s, early aughts. Like, this, yeah, they were, these are, like, royalty-level people. And, um, yeah, I mean, you have to, like, Pluto 
Where some other signs or some other placements might have a harder time accepting that authority, Pluto knows it needs to work within the system, right? Like where Uranus might reject it, Pluto's like, what do I have to do? What yeah. do I have to do to, to get this? And I'll go get it. Hell yeah. Wow. I love the 10th house. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's juicy. Cool it's kind of juicy. It is juicier than I was expecting. I was we expecting it to be kind of stuffy. And I'm going to be sad when we're done. I know. I know. Let's just talk about them again. Yeah, we can. <laughs> there's we no will. rules. Just have to start over again because there's always something new and something. But yeah. I, uh, you 10th housers who, have, of course, have been waiting patiently to hear about yourselves. Um, thank you for That's waiting. and Keeping time. Yeah, classic. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. What's your sign, baby? What's your sign?